You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We are your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Today's episode is nitty gritty, my friend, and we are so excited to dive in. We are about to go headfirst into one of the biggest tools that we use regularly in our business that can either lead to bookings or ghosting. Uh, yikes, right? <laughs> now you already know from the title, but yes, today we are covering your inquiry response email, aka the first email a client sees after they send you an inquiry. Today, we are breaking down the six biggest mistakes we see in those first emails from most service-based entrepreneurs and the changes you can implement today to start seeing dramatic results in bookings from email number one alone. Now, before we even get to the episode, though, we have a little request for you. If you're a regular listener and love the show, would you take two minutes to share the episode with three small business owner friends who you think would get a lot out of it? You can either share this specific episode or just, you know, the Heart and Hustle podcast in general. But our goal with every episode that we put out is to get the best free education out to as many of you as possible. And we hope that this episode just radically blows your mind. And uh, we made it a meaty one and we know it's going to help so many of you out there. All right. Now that that big ass is out of the way, are you ready to dive in to today's jam-packed episode? Let's get to it. Hey, photographer, are you on the struggle bus to find your editing style? Do you feel like you spent hours upon hours on one photo in Lightroom and still don't like the final product you send off to your clients? As photographers ourselves, we can say we feel your pain. We have been there. It can be hard finding an editing style that you love that feels honestly like you. Yes. And here's the truth of the matter. Every single photographer goes through this. Everyone struggles at one point or other in finding and honing in on their perfect style. And that is perfectly normal. But today we do not want you to stay stuck, which is why we want to chat through our top eight pieces of advice to discover the editing style that makes you and your clients' hearts sing. <laughs> Visit theheartuniversity.com forward slash style to utilize our eight tips to nail your editing style. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. One of the biggest questions that we get asked repeatedly is, why am I not getting booked? Or how do I get more bookings? Or like legit, how do I get more clients? Like, I cannot tell you. It, it's like every single day, either on like a live or a Q&A or I think it's, it's because... It, with booking specifically, we're talking about service-based entrepreneurs, but it's the biggest hurdle. And I think nearly any topic or pain point that you're struggling with in business boils down back to that. Like that's what, like that's the fruit of what's going on in your business. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like your bookings. Yeah. Yeah. So today we wanted to dive into one area that has the power to impact your bookings the most, your inquiry response email. Now hear us out when we say, if you just change this email alone, but your client experience is awful. You did zero marketing and your backend business structures are lazy. The actual product or service you're delivering is subpar. Then yeah, Lackluster. <laughs> you might still not be getting bookings. However, most often when small business owners come to us in coaching calls or DMS or lives or whatever, and ask this question, when we dive into their business, one of the things we always come back to that they could improve on is their inquiry response email. Mm -hmm. It's like, 
it is the first touch point once someone reaches out. I mean, hence the inquiry response email. Mm -hmm. Like they might have been stalking you or seen your website, seen your social, but like this is your first chance at direct communication to a potential client. And so, so, so many of us are doing so many things wrong. So let's talk about them. Like, let's get into it. All right. Well, we're going to dive on in. This isn't necessarily in a importance order. So don't, don't take it that seriously. They're all important, frankly. Yeah. They all should change if you have any of these, but just don't take it as like, number one is the worst mistake you could possibly be making. They all kind of tie into each other. They do. All right. So mistake number one I, this, we just said that. And now I'm like, no, but this one's the big, the big, no, I feel like you're going to go to like number two and be like, nope, this one's the biggest. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Probably. Okay. Number one is not being yourself or using your brand voice. And another way to phrase that is that your email sounds like every other freaking response email. Now I just want to like back up for a second and humble us, humble us. If we are in a service-based industry, we cannot assume that the person, like a potential inquiry, a prospect, if you will, is reaching out just to us. If you are a rock star, then maybe. Like if you are like the top of your industry, then maybe you once in a blue moon get an inquiry that's like, you are my person. I want to work with nobody but you. <laughs> um, but for the vast majority of us, that is not the case. And even if it is the case, let's not assume that that's the case. Let's approach it as if they are reaching out to literally five of the same people. Right. Mm -hmm. And what's happening is when they're reaching out to like, let's obviously take a photography example. If a bride is reaching out to five wedding photographers to kind of fish for her, you know, fish for services, fish for prices, all of that. And they're all responding back with freaking emails. It's like, thanks so much for inquiring. I'm so congratulations on your engagement. (laughs) I'm so excited, honored that you reached out to me for your upcoming nuptials. (laughs) Okay, not that we all say nuptials. No one likes nuptials. But like that first sentence of like, I'm thank you so much for your inquiry. I'm so excited. Congrats on your engagement. I'm now so imagine, honored. Imagine like, that bride's getting five email responses back that all look the same. There's yes. no, there's no uniqueness. There's no like stand out. Oh my gosh, this photographer, I I can tell who they are. I connect with them instantly from the very beginning. Yeah. Now this is like the first chance. Again, like we said, it's direct. It's the first direct contact you have with a prospect or a potential client. It is your first chance to set the tone. If your personality and your work, uh, like the experience you provide are both very soft and artistic or peaceful or moody, reflect that in your tone. Mm -hmm. If you're an absolute basket case, like Evie and I reflect (laughs) that in the start of your email, like make sure that you're standing out in a way that doesn't sound like a corporate robot and doesn't just like blend into every single other person that they're reaching out to Mm -hmm. make sure like that first sentence stands out or even heck the subject line. Like I'm literally a pretty, again, this is for me, but like my subject line is like, it's not actually, but well, actually it is. I probably, you know, like when you tap the keyboard and you like gibberish. Yes. That's pretty much how I live my life. (laughs) And so that's reflected in Lindsay's email. And I think that's something that we just kind of wanted to touch on was, Do not like, if you are currently sitting here like, oh, but I have this, this image in my head of what a professional quote unquote email looks like. Scrap that. Yeah. Scrap that right now. If you are in a service-based industry and you are giving any sort of one-on-one service and trying to create any sort of personal connection with your clients, your email should reflect that. If use 
your most commonly used phrases. If you love exclamation points, like slather those everywhere. Don't try to change those out for periods. If you love gifts, put those in your emails. Like you do not have to fit any box that you think your email should fit into. Yeah. Well, and I, we've talked about this a million times, but in case you haven't heard it, professional doesn't mean to use the phrase to whom it may concern. Yes. Or like some best wishes at the end of your email. Warmly. Unless you would say that, (laughs) but you're not, if you're listening, this probably, you just probably don't, (laughs) but like professional is responding within 24 hours and not like ghosting your clients, right? Like how many of us hands raised have dropped the ball on our email inquiries and we miss out on bookings because of it. Like professional is doing what you say you're going to do, being ethical, like responding quickly, being a good like having a good customer service, mm-hmm. but you can still be like, la, 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 in your email. <laughs> if, if what you're giving them is a, is an experience that screams professionalism, yep. but you still are using your branded personality in there. Because again, not that you have to start your email out with la, 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 but the point being is infuse it with your personality and actually like, don't sound like every other freaking corporate, just like robot out yeah. there. Like make, Like if I were talking to Evie, like Evie, I want you to splash on the page. So you listener, I want you, when you're looking at your email template for that inquiry response, put you and your personality and your heart into it. Read it out loud. Talk like read it out loud to your spouse, read it out loud to your mom, to your best friend. If it doesn't sound like something that's authentically coming out of your mouth on a day-to-day normal like conversation, then scrap it and rewrite it. Yeah. Like if a client walked up to you and asked you said, Oh my gosh, so-and-so like, Oh my gosh, Lindsay, I have been following you on Instagram for the last like two months and I just got engaged and I'm dying to have you as my wedding photographer. How would you verbally respond to that person? That should be what's in your email response. Yeah. I'd literally be like, "Ah, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Okay. Wait, I want all the details. Like, I want to know this. I want to know this a little bit. Like, well, we'll get into it, but, (laughs) and that's what, that's how Lindsay would verbally respond. So that is in her email because that's how she would talk to her clients. And you want to set that tone from day one. Cause that's also not only going to build connection with your ideal client in that inquiry and in that email communication, but it's also going to set you apart from all the competition who probably has very standard congratulations on your upcoming nuptials. I'm very honored that you reached out to inquire about my services from such and such design photography. Like what? Like, no. Yeah. But even if the other photographers or the other service based, you know, service providers are all doing what's true to them, you're all going to reach different people. You're going to connect with different people. You're going to serve different people. So mm-hmm. you being you friend is going to be the most powerful thing you could possibly do. Well, and like, we're going to get into pricing in a minute here, but I will say, especially for service-based uh, businesses, when people are inquiring, they might choose someone purely based off price, but I'm willing to bet. I Well, I just have seen this in real life. So it's not even willing to bet. It's just like reality. <laughs> People book with who they connect with the fastest. So if you can respond quickly and actually present yourself in an authentic, engaging, real way, somebody who is able to be connected with, yes, Yes. then you're much more likely to get that booking than if you don't respond after like 72 hours and then you respond with a lame ASS email. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Now we're going to start. That was point number one. We're going to dive on into point number two. This is the most important. I'm just kidding. But really. Mistake number two. Mistake number two is that you are not putting your pricing in that initial email. Now, 
This, there are a couple of different strategies or methods on this out in the service-based industry world. Lindsay and I are very, very, very strongly opinionated on delivering your, your prices upfront and not dragging people along. Yes. Because that's, that's the reality. The strategy for like not showing your prices everywhere up front is to try to like hook your clients on a consult call and get them to really like you before they see prices to like get, which if you're writing the email and doing like a fixing mistake, number one, you're yeah already connecting and, and putting forth yeah reasons for that. Well, another reason with that too is a, some service providers like to have like kind of like a sliding scale oh, to on price their it services. Yeah. So if somebody comes to the call or a consult call or whatever, and is like, Hey, my budget is $3,000. They're probably going to charge them somewhere around like 2,500 or whatever. If somebody comes to the call and is like, Hey, my, my budget is $2,000. They're going to probably charge them about like 1800 or what. So it allows you to have like, you can make more money on some bookings. But to me and Lindsay, neither of those reasons feel very like genuine and aligned with us and our business values and kind of like what we, how we want to operate our business Mm -hmm. to us. We feel like it's a big waste of time for both your clients and for you as the business owner. Like if your client is reaching out to you, they are taking time out of their day to be like, Hey, I'm very interested in working with you. You, in my opinion, are going to like establish so much trust with them by upfront being like, Hey, I know you're busy. I know you have a lot going on. Here is everything you need to know in the first email. Yeah. And if they do not fall in love with you from that first email, and if it is not the right fit, if it is out of their budget, if it is whatever, and they cannot budge on any of it, it just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And you can refer them to other people. That's, my, I, that's our opinion. <laughs> I feel like this goes along with human psychology. Like you don't like being dragged along. It feels salesy. It feels scammy. It feels like a, like a walking salesman comes in, come up to your door, coming up to your doorway, trying to sell you on something. Um, trying to sell you on a freaking like security system. I'm not speaking from past experience. (laughs) Like, like, and, and like says this like alluring offer and like talks you up and, or talks up their services and their products just to get into your house, onto your couch, and then sells you later on this like astronomically priced that it, this is not exactly what happened with my circumstance, but it's like, <laughs> it's, it's the situation of like you, people want information upfront. We are living in an Amazon and a Netflix world yeah. where instant gratification, instant gratification. We want to know exactly what to expect and how Google to expect world. it immediately. Yes. A Google world. Like you don't, people hate reaching out to people for prices and information. And then they get asked back, Hey, let's hop on a call. Like I cannot even tell you the amount of emails that people are trying to sell me on like services that I could genuinely and maybe truly would want, but because they're trying to get me on a call first, Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, give me the information because their email is something like, Hey, I have seen such and such, or like, in this case of an, a response email where you'd be like, Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. I would love to chat with you. Here's my Calendly link to schedule a call with me. Like no. there's no information there. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to waste my time and it's get like, on no. a call before you give me hard information. Yeah. Like, especially if they have no gauge of where your starting prices are. Like if you're keeping your starting prices off of your website, which and is a whole have, other topic, that's a whole other topic. And they have no concept. I want you to put yourself right now in the shoes of the buyer, the client, the customer, and imagine that the the roles are reversed and that you are inquiring with, let's say, cause you're an entrepreneur listening to this episode. Let's say you're inquiring with a business coach 
and you have no concept of how much they cost. They could be $50,000. They could be $500. You do not know. And their first response to you is, Hey, sounds great. Would love to chat. Here's a calendar link to schedule 15 minute consult. You're probably going to be like, is that even worth my time? Like I, you could charge $500,000 for like a 12 month Mm -hmm. coaching. I have no idea. A lot of us as consumers, which maybe that's not the best example because business coaching, you might be like, that'd be great. I'd love to talk to this person for 15 minutes, but that's probably not the best (laughs) for most of us. Let's say you're reaching out to wedding photographer. You get it. For most of us, the minute it feels like we're being dragged along, we're not getting answers. It feels a little salesy, a little slimy, a little like scammy. We're out. Like we're not, we're going to ghost. We're not going to respond. We're not going to give any info. No more of our time. We're going to respond to the email from the photographer who does give us their pricing in the first email. And we know that they're within our budget. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as a business owner, one of your biggest goals is to eliminate the mental load and uncertainty for a potential customer. And that is one massive way to do it is to be upfront and put pricing in your initial email. Don't drag people along. Like don't trick people, be an ethical human being. Not that you can't be ethical and doing it, you know, the other way, but it's just, it's just nice. (laughs) We're just, we're, (laughs) we're big fans of pricing up front on your website and in the first email. And we've seen some photographers do it really well the other way. And so we don't want to like bash on that, but at the same time, it just does not feel aligned to us, um, for our businesses and for what Mm -hmm. we recommend for other entrepreneurs. Well, and okay. Like what, this is number mistake number two. So like mistake number 2.1, which leads us into mistake number three is Okay. You're like, okay, I'm hearing you put your prices in your email. Got it. Uh, but what I'm not saying is to just drop your prices via written word in your actual, yeah, don't type in your prices in your email. Mm -hmm. Um, because that's not nice, (laughs) (laughs) which leads to mistake number three, which is in your inquiry response email, the biggest mistake we see is not having a branded pricing guide, mm-hmm. AKA people are just dropping their like prices straight up in their email. Yeah. Um, and there's many reasons for that. Like while typing it out or while typing out pricing info, like straight up via email is a stepping stone, you know, before you get a pricing guide or before you kind of take that step, like it's, it's something right. So yeah. I'm not saying don't do it if, if that's where you are, but don't stay there. It should be a very, very, very temporary solution. Yeah. Yeah. What you really need is a very professional, very branded pricing guide because this presents your business in a, like a very polished, professional, branded, personalized and detail oriented way that helps eliminate even more stress stress and confusion for your clients so that they have an absolute minimal barrier to to book. Cause that's what you're wanting to do. Everything that you're trying to do is eliminate the unknowns, the uncertainties, the stress, the anxiety, the fears that your clients have to solve their problems. And when it comes to selling at this initial stage, what it's called is eliminating the barrier to booking or the the barrier to buying or the barrier to, to whatever, like every single thing that you can do to answer questions up front, to show the full experience, to build connection and trust up front, to be like, Hey, I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to serve you is absolutely life-changing for the actual results and like conversion of those emails and of that information. So pricing guide should not just be like a single sheet that you, you know, drop into every email or whatever. That's like, 
here's package one, package two, package three. Like, no, it should be, hey, here is about a bunch of information about me. Here's what it looks like to work with me. Here's a bunch of reviews from past clients. Here is um, the step-by-step next steps that the whole process, here's the step-by-step, what it looks like to book. And then after we book all the way to like final delivery, here is the experience of working with me. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's, I recommend doing it in like a PDF guide because there's so many, there's so much you can put in that, that you just physically cannot put in an email with written word or even just like a word document with like pick monkey graphs or like (laughs) what (laughs) trying to think of like the clip art clip art's what I was thinking of. Uh, I'm like, you know, people like, you know, they're getting scrappy at the beginning yeah. of their business and they're like, well, I'm just going to make a word document and put like a pick clip art. Yeah. No, don't do that. No. If you, I mean, if you're, we don't want to hate on like the scrappiness of just starting out. Like yeah, if you, if you type it up in your emails when you're first starting out, Hey, guess what? I did too. Like there's nothing wrong with that, but it should be very temporary because what you're wanting to get to is an experience where somebody reads through your whole email and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm in love with this person. I love what they're bringing to the table. I love this information that they're giving me upfront. Here's they've already explained, which we'll talk more about like everything that's included in the email. There's a couple more things that we're going to touch on. But then they get to the pricing guide and they go through it and they think, oh my gosh, look at the beautiful like imagery of this service that they deliver. Look at these photos of them working with these clients. Look at the before and after results that they give to their clients. Look at these final images that the photographer delivers. Like they need to be seeing everything in a full like visual experience, especially if you are in the visual industry. Mm -hmm. If you are anything to do with visuals, graphic designer, interior designer, photographer, videographer, social media manager, I don't care. If there's anything visual in what you are doing, landscaping designer, like landscaper, I don't care. If there are visuals involved at all in your business, even if there aren't, like even if you're a coach of some sort, people want to visualize what the experience is like. Yep. Anyways, visuals and a branded experience, game changer, my friend. And if you want a detailed explanation of what to include in your pricing guide or like what should be in one and how to build it out, we actually have an episode, episode 289, pricing guides, what you need in them and what to put in one. Quite literally, that's what the episode's about. And then if you are in, once you listen to that, and if you're listening to this and you're like, oh crap, I need one. We actually have a bunch of pricing guides in our shop uh, that are professional yeah, templates that you can literally plug, plug and play your photos and your brand info. Um, and basically just like, get ready to rock and roll and have a PDF guide ready to go. So if you want that, the link is in the show notes as well. Yes. Sound the alarm because we have found your new favorite loungewear. Introducing Cozy Earth. Now Cozy Earth loungewear offers optimal comfort while maintaining a flattering, elegant fit. We love that all Cozy Earth products are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo and all products come with a 10-year warranty. And let me freaking tell you, they are the comfiest thing ever. What I realized too, as we're talking, I am literally wearing a Cozy Earth Lounge set right now as we record this. So I'm not kidding. It is amazing. And I'm I'm also not kidding. I live in my Cozy Earth, especially during postpartum and pregnancy. Like you could find me in that all the time. And it is seriously the comfiest loungewear I have ever owned. Yes. All right. Well, Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for our listeners today. You get 35% off site-wide when you use the code HEART35. If you're enjoying what you're getting in this podcast for free, then you're about to get your mind blown with what we offer in our educational courses. 
If you're ready to up-level your business, serve your clients like never before, and reach revenue goals that you've barely dared to dream of, then we're ready to help. Our courses are packed full of tools, formulas, strategies, and resources to help you kick freaking butt in biz. Whether you choose the photo major, a complete course for photographers, or the content photo minor, a mini course on how to finally slay your content photos for your blog, Insta, headshots, whatever, you will walk away with more knowledge than you ever thought possible. And here's the reality. We are here to see you succeed always and forever. And that is why we created each and every one of these courses. To check them out for yourself, read the reviews and look at each course syllabus, go to theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash courses. All right, moving on. Lindsay, do you want to dive on into number four? Oh, let's go guys. Let's go. Lindsay's getting on her high horse. I'm doing a (laughs) shimmy. All right. Mistake number four is not stating clearly who you are, who you serve, and the experience that you with a capital Y-O-U bring to the table. Now, like this is arguably, I know I said the first one was most important. They're all important. It was right. <laughs> um, but this is arguably like the most important aspect that you might be doing wrong and not including whatsoever in your initial email. So again, like I said at the beginning, do not assume that every single person who fills out your inquiry response has read your website thoroughly. Like assume they skimmed, assume that they are reaching out to five plus other people that offer what you do, right? Mm -hmm. And in that email, I want you to state who you are. So like, obviously introduce yourself. And when I say introduce yourself, it doesn't have to be like this, like, it doesn't have five paragraph. Like when I was in high school, (laughs) I got into this art form of macrame and this started me off on, no, no, we don't care. We really don't care. (laughs) Not in that email. (laughs) But state very like clearly and succinctly who you are, what you specialize in, aka what you do and be hella specific and what experience or what the experience of working with you looks and feels like. Mm -hmm. So when I say that, I want to give you some specific questions to ask yourself that you can then like use as kind of prompts to then answer in your initial email. So question number one, what do I actually do for my clients? Number two, what have past clients said about the experience of working with me? Number three, what things can your potential client expect if they choose you, AKA describe what it's like working with you? Number four, what experiences do you specialize in? What is your niche that you excel at? And number five, what kind of thing do you do really freaking well? And what kind of thing do you do not do? AKA attract and repel, like boldly in that initial response email. Don't be afraid to state like the experience I'm known for is X and I am not the girl you hire if you're looking for X. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, you want to boldly state it. And I would highly recommend, we've said this in the past, but have like the answers to those types of questions also in an experience page on your pricing guide, also in an experience page on your website. But again, don't assume that they are like reading the entire thing before reaching out to you. Yeah. Like this is where you really wow them with the experience of what you provide and who you are and what you specialize in. And it again, when I say like, oh, these are five questions and you have to answer all of them. It's like, you don't have to, again, write this like whole long paragraph. You can answer all of those in a paragraph pretty mm-hmm. much. Like, like it doesn't have to be in depth, but give me something. Like if I'm a potential client reaching out to you, I don't know what the industry is like. Like maybe I am a business owner and I'm reaching out for web design and I've never had a custom web design like done before Mm -hmm. or a logo or anything like that. I have no idea what to expect. Tell me, like, tell me what makes you different from the rest of the people. Tell me what the experience, like, I don't know what a timeline for web design looks like. Like, what should I even expect? And why do you give it? 
in a way that's like going to match exactly what I need. Or maybe I'm not the client for you because again, like we don't want to be the the clingy boyfriend <laughs> version of like entrepreneurs where we're like, oh, please book me, please book me. I'll do whatever you want. It's like, no, stand boldly in who you are and what you offer, what you excel at and what you don't. And people will be hella attracted to that when they are the right fit. Yeah. And that's the entire point of this email is making sure that you're not going down the rabbit hole to book somebody who's not going to value you, who's not going to freaking price shop you and be an awful client because they didn't value you in the first place. So it's like boldly stating that and stating what you do and what you don't do well, like will help you in the long run and will help serve you for years and years to come. Yes, absolutely. Amen, Linz. All right. All right. Mistake number five is not asking follow-up questions. Now, this is like probably not the most important one in this whole list. I would actually say it's probably the least important in some ways, but it's still, in my opinion, a great way to show that you are in this with your clients, that you paid attention to their inquiry email and any stories or details that they gave in their inquiry and to encourage more conversation. Like, ask questions based on what they wrote or what they didn't write. So for example, if they gave you a little bit of their love story, ask follow-up questions. If, you know, they, if they said, Oh, we met when we were four years old or something like that, we grew up together. I would, if I got an inquiry from, you know, let's say we're talking about photographers and clients here in these examples, I would respond and be like, Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Did you guys grow up in love with each other or were you just best friends? And it was like in high school that you fell in love. Give me all the tea I need to know. Um, and that's partially because I'm a sap for love stories and all the details. And it helps me as the photographer be able to do their story even more justice. So I'm really invested in all of these details and all of the tiny little things from my clients. So if they, for example, to go back, if they didn't mention anything about, the details of their goal for, let's say if they're inquiring like Lindsay's example for a web designer, if they said nothing about where they're wanting to host it, or if they have any products that they're selling, do they need to have like an integrated Shopify or anything like that? Are they, you know, whatever I would ask details about that and be like, okay, I would love to know, you know, tell me all of these actual logistical details that determine whether or not I'm the right person for you. Um, you know, for a photographer, maybe that's, the venue, the location, the date, if they didn't give you a date, like that type of information, ask questions. Because what this can do is it can often encourage a response from the clients because you're basically initiating a two-way back and forth style conversation. Now they won't always answer these. I've gotten you know many responses or something where a client has just it's there's a lot of information in that first email, including the pricing guide. And they'll come back and be like, oh my gosh, I'm absolutely in love. We would love to schedule a call. Um, just booked it with Calendly or something like that. And then I kind of take those questions with me in the back of my head into the consult call. So it's not always that you're going to get those responses, but it at least kind of sets the tone for, Hey, I want this to be a relationship between you and me. I am invested and I am curious and I want to discuss and talk more. And it can sometimes prompt a reply from somebody who's like, Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Yeah. Here's the answer. Especially because people love talking about themselves. (laughs) They really do. And so it's a great way to kind of be like, Hey, this isn't just about me and my show and booking me. Like I care about you. And here's this, an opportunity for you to share more about you. And then people are like, great, I'll respond. So that's just a little tip that I, I, when I see entrepreneurs not including anything like that in their emails ever, I'm like, no, 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 start the two way back and forth conversations. Mm -hmm. It's basically asking to get ghosted because you're not. Yeah. 
you're not making it a two way conversation. You're just giving them information. And if you're not, if you're doing the mistake in number one and it's a lame email, then it's it's like, I'm hold back. Lindsay, tell us how you really, that's how I really feel. Hey, this, this episode is to help you. We told you it was media at the beginning and we're not kidding. Um, we don't want you sending out lame emails, lame emails end today. Amen. Yes. All right. Final (laughs) mistake that you are making in your inquiry response email, most likely is not making the next steps super clear. Again, we I feel like we've said this a lot over the last six points, but we want to make the steps and the process of understanding who we are, what we do, who we serve, and how to work with us as easy and simple to book and understand as possible. Destroy that barrier to book. Yes. Destroy it. Yes. <laughs> you, if there's any friction yeah. anywhere, this obviously is more than even just booking. Like if there's any friction in your website and the process to then fill it out and get in your inbox and then from your inbox to then actually book you. If there is more than the the common like thing, you've lost people. Yeah. So again, less in friction. So not only should you in your pricing guide contain the next steps, but you should also put like the next steps in the email itself. Mm-hmm. So like our, both of our pricing guides, which again, we say in that podcast episode, I think it was, what did I say? Two, 289. Um, and also in our template, in our shop, we have like next steps at the end of the pricing guide. Um, but again, in the email, like when you're ending your email, let them know what to expect. Obviously you ask questions like we just said in, in mistake number five, but let them know like, Hey, how do we go about booking? What are the next steps in the process? Mm-hmm. Because again, you don't want them having question marks in their in their eyes or in their eyes, in their mind. Like you don't want, you want them to read that email and between like an FAQ on your pricing guide and that email, like they should not have any other questions. And if they do like, sure, head them toward a consult call. But again, your goal is to eliminate all unknowns, stress or uncertainty for your clients. Like you are trying to to destroy the barrier to booking, like Evie said. Um, And so explain to them exactly what the next steps look like. For example, reading through the pricing guide like that you could direct them to, Hey, make sure to read through the pricing guide or email back with any follow-up questions or, Hey, let's hop on a consult call to chat through things. And then you could obviously insert like a Calendly link or, you know, basically do anything that makes it easier to set up a call with you like Mm -hmm. Calendly. Um, and then I really quick on something I want to say to Calendly, it doesn't always work, especially if you're trying to get somebody on a call, like immediately uh-huh. and you want to maintain flexibility with that. But something with Calendly is it does eliminate back and forth between you and the client trying to book that consult call. Yeah. And it gives them just a one step book it now, which and lessens so friction. It can lessen friction. So just something, you know, if you want to maintain flexibility of like, I'm available at all times, you know, and, and be willing to like get an inquiry and be like, Hey, I'm able to hop on a call in two hours or one hour or something like that. Sure. Yeah. But you know, Calendly can be a really great way to lessen friction as well. Yeah. Especially if it works with like the rest of your business model, you yep. you could also explain kind of like, like, like in your email, you could be like, Hey, here's how to book me. Like if, that, if that's a step-by-step, like, Hey, you read the pricing guide, we chat, we set up a consult call. Once you decide on your collection or which package you want, I'll send a proposal, you sign, pay the retainer and you are official. And then comes the fun part. We plan or we do the project or whatever. Like you can set that up, whether it's, you know, verbally in your email, not verbally written in your email or it's in your pricing guide. Um, but ideally like end that email with next steps so that they know exactly what to do. Well, even too, because you can end your pricing guide with the next steps and you, I think you should, I mean, you should, Yeah. (laughs) but the reality too, is for a lot of clients, they're reading through your email first. And so if they still have these major question marks, like, okay, I'm already ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to book. Um, before they even get to the pricing guide, like that's still a great way to kind of end that out. It's like, okay, here's the next steps. Step one, read the pricing guide. 
Step two, schedule a call with me and let's go over a consult. Like that type of information, they're like, okay, great. Well, now I'm going to go to the pricing guide and I'll figure out from there, you know, where to go. Um, something with that, I encourage have your pricing guide linked at least a couple of times, which, oh, that's another thought. I'm not even going to, mm. we encourage having your pricing guide. I'm like, do, do I give this much information on the podcast? We encourage having your pricing guide separately linked, either a hidden page on your website or linked on like a third party, like online magazine publishing mm-hmm. site that allows kind of a, an all-inclusive, like they click that link and it pulls up a full page, like two page, like it looks like a book, like an online magazine basically. Yeah. And when you click it, like flips the pages for you. Like it, it just that experience is delicious for your clients. Delicious. Um, but with that, my point in saying that was have it linked a few times, like be like, here's my pricing guide. And then down at the bottom, be like, okay, next steps, read through this pricing guide, link it again there. Like, and then I always have PS at the bottom, be like, PS, if you missed it, here's the link to my pricing guide. Like make it very easy. They don't have to dig through the email to be like, wait, where is this? Where is this linked? Where, what's going on? Like link it multiple times. It's very easy for them to find it. All right, friends, that is the six uh, mistakes that we see people making in their inquiry response email. Um, Let me just summarize them really fast. Number one mistake was not being yourself or using your brand voice, aka your email sounds like every other response email. So infiltrate your personality and your brand into that email. Make it sound like you actually said it. Number two mistake is not putting pricing in the email. Make sure you're not scamming them and bringing them along or trailing them along on a little journey just to like bait and switch them. Make sure that pricing is upfront in number three mistake is not having a branded pricing guide. So make sure that pricing is in your pricing guide. And we have one in the shop. It's in the show notes. Number four is not stating clearly who you are, who you serve, or sorry, yeah, who you are, who you serve and the experience that you bring to the table, like state all those questions or answer all those questions that I gave you. And like, clearly and boldly attract and repel while stating the experience and and what it's like to work with you. Mm -hmm. Mistake number five, not asking follow-up questions. Make sure that you're making this email a conversation and not just, Hey, here's my stuff. Cool. (laughs) And then mistake number six is not making the next steps super, super clear. Now always lead them to the next steps, lessen that friction and make sure that you are giving the best experience via this email possible by letting them know exactly how they can work with you and how we can continue this you know, relationship uh, in, in our business. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say before we end is if this radically like wrecked you and you're like, whoa, wait, what I need to change my inquiry response email, like immediately. Um, but I don't know where to start. We actually have email templates in our shop. Um, these are specifically crafted for photographers. You could obviously tweak it a little bit if you want a photographer, but I'm just going to say it's mostly for photographers, uh, right now, but Uh, The email templates include nine original email templates, which includes the initial inquiry response email, which is literally what we just spent the entire uh, episode talking about. about. We also have a follow-up template, a magic email template, a just paid session template, a just paid wedding template, how to say no. Basically, if you get an inquiry that you're like, oh, yikes, that's not it, (laughs) or if they're just not a good fit, we have an email template response for uh, an inquiry over a year out for gallery delivery and requesting a review. So if you want, those are all of the emails that Lindsay and I use in our business that we crafted over years of building out and like, yep. A, well, I don't want to, and that sounds braggadocious, but like a really good client experience that we worked really hard to build out. 
And then we basically just turn those into templates for you to tweak and customize and put them in our shop because we've seen such good results from them. Yeah. And like all the strategies that we talked about, especially in the inquiry response email are already in there. And all you have to do is plug and play and obviously apply your, your own branding, your own voice and your own information to that. But it gives you a really good framework to then just, you know, go forth into that. And the link for that will be in the show notes along with the link to our pricing guide templates because both of those, the goal whenever we create something like that is to save you so much stress, so much time and so much uncertainty and unknowns of being an entrepreneur and starting a business and creating really good client experience. So, Amen. All right, friend, that is it for today. We hope this really rocked your world when it comes to inquiries and client communication. We love this topic. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Don't forget to share this episode with fellow entrepreneurs if it changed your world and you're excited to have them also up-leveling their sales, their bookings, and their client experience. And uh, in the meantime, we'll see you next week.